You're listening to Advancing Our Church. Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend. Welcome back. I hope you're having a terrific week. This week we celebrate the Feast of All Saints on Friday, November 1st. And Catholics around the world will remember that this is a holy day of obligation when we remember those who have gone to heaven before us. Yes, that's right. You don't have to be canonized to be a saint. In fact, in the words of Father Larry Richards, you're either going to be a saint or you're going straight to hell. Well, Father Larry has a way of putting things, but he's not wrong. It's common to think about the Feast of All Saints as a time to reflect just on the greats like St. Augustine, St. Francis of Assisi, Our Mother Mary, and many others. And while these saints are the ones that we should hold up as role models and doctors of the Church, there are millions of other saints who have made an impact on advancing our Church, too. There are firefighters, police officers, cab drivers, mechanics, second-grade teachers, garbage collectors, moms and dads who lived the life that God intended for us to live. And so, on this Feast of All Saints, yes, let's remember the greats as we should. But say a prayer for the millions who go unnoticed, the ones who offer those small acts of kindness and lead a holy life. Maybe they're the ones who made an impact on your life and inspired you to be a better person, grow closer to God, and yes, maybe change the world. So a couple of weeks ago, Changing Our World was proud to be a sponsor for the 2019 International Catholic Stewardship Conference in Chicago. This was the 57th annual conference and included over 800 participants from around the world. And they convened to talk about things that we talk about in this podcast, like Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. So congratulations to the conference committee, and it was wonderful to see so many old friends out there. At our booth, we held a number of interviews with participants, and on today's podcast, we're going to listen to a few of them. I'm going to play them in just a continuous order, and then I'll be back at the end of the program for a few words. So please enjoy. But we're here at the International Catholic Stewardship Conference, and I'm joined by the Director of the Office of Stewardship for the Diocese of San Diego, Manny Aguilar. Manny, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you. So how many years have you been coming to uh, ICSC here? I'm uh, fairly new. I've been here, coming here for three years now. Oh. Yeah, we started out in Atlanta, Nashville last year, this year in Chicago, and next year in our home state of California uh, in Anaheim. Yes. Welcoming everybody to Anaheim next year. And so that'll be a little shorter of a trip for you then. Yes, exactly. That's wonderful. And how long? No you... TSA. No TSA. <laughs> no TSA pre-check. <laughs> so, uh, so Manny, uh, how long have you been in your position? Three, about three years. Oh, now. total of three years altogether. Then, great, wonderful. So, how are things in the diocese? Things are going well, mm-hmm. uh, but of course, you know, we are, we're dealing with the the the, uh, the church uh, sex abuse scandal. But I think that our faith is really uh, those of us that have uh, been able to see. What's going on in the church, we realize we have to take more responsibility, and the good thing is that the bishop has actually provided an opportunity for that by meeting with the various parishes and various deaneries last year, Mm -hmm. individually inviting all parishioners. Mm-hmm. And then this recently, uh, last, last month, we went to USD and had an all-staff meeting with the district attorney, mm-hmm. with the bishop, and with the chancellor to talk about all of us working together to make sure we protect everyone. That's beautiful. So obviously he's being very transparent, very open, and including all of you in these conversations. Exactly. It's so critical. And, and what's some of the feedback you're hearing from your donors? I think that they want to know that things are being reformed in a way that we can be all accountable. Of course, there's going to continue to be, uh, and there have been new reforms, 
through the uh, through the Vatican for all uh, priests and all bishops now, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Wonderful. And so, tell us a little bit about the services that your your office offers to the Diocese of San Diego. Well, primarily uh, in the area of office for stewardship. So we have different pieces. So one of the main pieces, but not the focus, is the annual Catholic appeal. Mm-hmm. We also have the Stewardship Advisory Commission, mm-hmm. and then we're working with different uh, projects like I Give Catholic and others uh, locally to help parishes to uh, engage more with their parishioners at various levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually have a new, uh, I'm very excited about this at the diocese, we have a new uh, Viva Feliz radio show in Spanish on uh, Univision Radio that's going through a pilot right now, and we're participating in that to try to evangelize uh, to our brothers and sisters uh on Sunday mornings between 8 and 8.30. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did that come about? That came about through a partnership of various offices at the diocese, Mm -hmm. embracing this opportunity to evangelize uh, in in the radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we had a radio partner for a number of years, but that relationship somehow, I think, uh, uh, ran its course, and then now, sure. now we're looking for new ways to, along with social media sure. and other, uh, you know, electronic media to be able to evangelize as well. And will you guest star your bishop on there once in a while? Oh, or? of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, we were lucky to have two. We have uh, uh, Bishop Robert McElroy uh-huh. and Bishop Auxiliary Bishop John Dolan. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what are you seeing on some of the challenges uh, in the Diocese of San Diego and some of the opportunities? What are you seeing out there? Well, let's start with the opportunities, obviously, because the opportunities we have is that we've got a very changing and diverse uh, Catholic uh, community. Yes. uh, Growing in the uh, you know Latino population, Mm -hmm. primarily Spanish speaking, but we also have. Uh, I think the young adult uh, and uh, parent, you know, children with, with uh, parents with children, yeah. which is critical. And, and, and this bishop has made a, a very huge focus along with the Presbyteral Council. We just recently held, uh, held a synod for young adults. Mm-hmm. And out of that work, through the, what the Pope had done through the letter uh, uh, of love to the young adults to embrace them and to have them embrace their faith more, our bishop also did something locally. So what we're, we're trying to do is work across offices to help support each other more mm-hmm. more proactively because typically in different dioceses a lot of offices work individually mm. and so I think it's important for us to work together with all of our resources and to make them go that much further and to be a good steward obviously absolutely it's just working smarter you know mm-hmm. you don't exactly. have to reinvent the wheel exactly I mean there's all they're always going to do the things that they do mm-hmm. but how do we work more together mm-hmm. wonderful and how's the economy in San Diego the economy the economy is pretty solid still but the, there's there's little uh, signs mm-hmm. out there uh, the RV sales are down <laughs> <laughs> so when the RV sale goes that sales go down that's a precursor potentially some but you know coming in the future, but we have to continue to be diligent moving forward. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you get asked once in a while by a pastor uh, you, you, who want, and, and it, it's so, I think, relevant given where we're at today, uh, that who's, who wants to get started in stewardship, right? And they want to become a stewardship community. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your advice? How do you approach a pastor like that? Well, I think that what we're trying to do now is uh, focus on what would, what would we do differently in the culture that we need to maybe look at ourselves and take a hard look and say, what is the culture within our parish? What's the culture within the church? Mm-hmm. And how can we, and this is what we're doing at the Stewardship Advisory Commission currently, is exploring the question of how do we form a culture that models the public life and ministry of Jesus Christ in the area of invitation, formation, and sending. 
that's kind of where our beginning conversation is over the last year or so. And we're working with a very gifted consultant uh, in that area, Lisa Anslinger, mm-hmm. and um, trying to explore the, the these the questions so that a parish that's wealthy or a parish that's moderately wealthy or a parish that is poorer can have a framework that they can work through. And how can we help pastors understand that stewardship is just another way of evangelizing? Mm-hmm. That stewardship is a tool and a, if we're not creating disciples, we're not being a good steward anyway. So it's all about evangelization, really, and conversion. Absolutely. And sometimes I think that that's the conversation. And, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it's all the it's on the pastor because it's really not. It's about the community also supporting the change, uh, and so that we can uh, po- possibly when Christmas and Easter come by, when there's another family there that's normally not there, and you sit there, the person doesn't say that's my seat, but they say you know what, welcome, or they park a little further mm-hmm. and walk to it so that we can engage these the people who we only get to see at those high mass days and high holidays mm-hmm. to be able to welcome them back. And how do we do that? We have to change our culture, I think. Mm-hmm. Not the doctrine, but the culture, maybe being more inviting. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it, it always amazes me when, when we go to Mass that people sit on the end of the pews. And I always think, whenever I sit down, I always make a point of moving over, right? Because if somebody comes in late, and invariably they do, maybe it's a young family, they've got three kids, and they're looking for a seat, and everybody's sitting on the end of the pew. That's not a welcoming community, right? Mm-hmm. You need to right. do the little, little uh, things like Little that. things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But they're big things. They are big things, yeah, when you, when you add them up, yeah. So evangelization as the heart of stewardship, certainly the beginning of stewardship, uh, for our pastors and, and for our parish communities, absolutely. And, and you know, the pastors, I think, uh, really want to evangelize. Mm-hmm. And so I think stewardship is an opportunity as a tool to, to a philosophy, I should say, to embrace different, ta- you know, the time, the talent, the treasure the person brings collectively uh, so that they can feel welcome and, and what gifts they bring. Mm-hmm. Because... The other part, and this is where the change in the culture I think we need to look at, is how do we, as a church, help form the uh, all of our brothers and sisters, including ourselves, and say, God deserves from the first fruits and not what's left over. Mm-hmm. And how do we make that possible? It's a conversion process also mm-hmm. to be able to think that way. Because a lot of our brothers and sisters in other faiths, they tithe. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church certainly doesn't tithe. So we need to find ways to kind of shift that thinking that God deserves from the first fruits and moving from maintenance to mission mm-hmm. so that our hearts are filled and not just thinking that the church needs money, because certainly it does, but how do we evangelize more? How do we provide more services for those in need? How do we demonstrate our Catholic values? Boy, I'm surprised they haven't tapped you yet, Manny, to uh, give a talk at ICSC just yet. You, you speak about it so beautifully. You really well, do. I, I believe in, the, you know, I, I, yeah. come, I come from a long time in serving mm-hmm. in the corporate world, but having, you know, my, my church life, my, my personal life, mm-hmm. and now it's such a blessing to have it come together. Come together. Yeah, yeah. How, how is it, uh, how are your parishioners receiving the message of stewardship, and does it vary? I know you have a, a strong Latino population, uh, and there's certainly a strong Anglo population. How, does it differ, does it differ uh, when, how the message is received, or how it's uh, translated? 
Oh yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, you've got a very talented person here working at Changing Our World. Mm. You got Anna Vias. Sure. And uh, Anna is able to to bring the message, not just to translate it, but to really explain and communicate the true message around uh, evangelization, around demonstrating our commitment through discernment and thoughtfulness and prayer and asking people why they love their church. Mm-hmm. And once you tap into that, why do they love their faith? Mm-hmm. Why do they love Christ? Mm-hmm. Why do they love God? Mm-hmm. And once you get into those types of conversations with people, they want to give. They want to, they want to participate. They want to be part of something if they believe in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Trying to think. So it's yeah. different. It's different for... The essence isn't different, but it's different approaches for the culture of what that parish has, is, life is. Mm-hmm. Because they're all different at different phases. Whether you have a, a, a vibrant parish or whether you have a parish that's maybe uh, has a, a pastor that's close to retirement and maybe can't give what he used to give but wants to, mm-hmm. but he can't because he's at a certain point in his life. So we need to help understand that though there are phases in parish life too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Monsignor Quinto was here earlier from the Diocese of San Juan, and we were talking about the uh, the word stewardship and and uh, how uh, when he communicates to his uh, parishioners that uh, they um, that they are administrators of the of the of the things that they have, and that co responsibilidad is kind of the word that they use. And I've heard that for many years. Is that the word that you use? It's the word that is typically used, but it's one that I, I think that um, without more formation mm-hmm. and without a conversation. Most people don't understand it. Oh, they don't get it right away. I don't That's think they get that. Uh, okay. My my experience is yeah. that corresponsabilidad is not a term that they grow up with. Mayordomía mm. uh, is not a word we grow up with. Mm. Administrador is a more kind of a very formal manager, administrator. Mm. So I think it's more than that. I think it, it, it's something that we have to understand that may evolve over time. But corresponsabilidad is the current term that it's used for, used to de- translate stewardship. But it's probably uh, evolving, and if we think about it, we're probably would be better off by saying "creando discípulos." So, by work, if we can say that, isn't that different than corresponsabilidad? Mm. And what does and what does that mean? Creating disciples. Oh, creating disciples. I'm sorry. Creando yeah. discípulos mm-hmm. ah. versus corresponsabilidad. Mm. How do we create disciples? Well, right. we have to be disciple to create one first. Yes. So it, it, it requires conversion. Right, right. Well, and discipleship is we become a disciple, so then we become a steward, right? So yes, it, it exactly. So it all works together. That's what, why you're here. we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what did you do before this, Manny? I worked with a, a consultant firm. Uh-huh. Uh, you might know the name of the company. It's called Changing Our World. Oh, really? <laughs> I knew that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and we were so sad to lose you. And what did you do before that? And before that, I was with, uh, I was a consultant uh, also oh, okay. uh, in the area of business and uh, legislative oh. kind of affairs. Oh, okay. Uh, business development. Yeah. Before that, a bulk of my career worked at AT&T. And mm-hmm. Back when it was called Pacific Telephone. Oh, I remember that. And it that. evolved over time to various names. You always been in uh, Southern California? Has that always been your home? For the most part, California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, married? Children? Married with children. Yeah. Children are grown. 
Okay. And grandchildren. Mm -hmm. couple, couple, three children and, and two grandchildren. That's wonderful. Yeah. And is the bishop very engaged with your, um, with your stewardship commission for the diocese? Is, is this, is, this is his uh, vision? Yes. I mean, yeah. the stewardship commission uh, is very much supported by the bishop. We yeah. actually, our auxiliary bishop sits on the commission as well, John, uh, Bishop John Dolan. Nice. And uh, we have various pastors and lay lady that uh, mm -hmm. serve on the commission. We're, I'm excited because we're expanding and we've invited some of the young adults from the Young, young Adult Synod okay. to become part of our commission. So they'll be uh, coming on board in, the next, in this next meeting in November. That's brilliant. So we're trying to, again, work across mm -hmm. uh, the different offices so that we can all know what we're doing and how do we do it better so that we can reach a person's uh, Catholic persons aren't even converting from other faiths, their heart and their mind and their soul, because that's what God wants. Well, and what a great opportunity to reach out to young adults and engage them right in our faith, and uh, that's such a need in today's church. So We have to. We, I mean, we're, we talked about this, that if we do not reinvent the church in the way we approach evangelization, mm -hmm. then other churches and other faiths will They'll borrow them for a little bit, and yeah. we don't want that. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. once a Catholic, yeah. always a Catholic. Yeah. Well, the, the, just, you know, stewardship is not a spectator sport, right? I mean, uh, it, it, and, and getting young adults involved gives them something, you know, a, a viable way, an entry point, right, to the mm -hmm. church. Because there's acts of charity and service and engagement and evangelization. So it sounds like a beautiful way to get them involved. Yeah, by being able to, you know, like I say to, to the kids we work with and some of the uh, volunteer work we do, it's great that you're smart and you're going to go to college and you're going to become whatever you want to become and I want you to be the best you can be, the happiest you can be. Mm -hmm. Number one, though, never forget who you are and never forget your values because at the end of the day, that's all we have. That's it. That sounds like a beautiful way to end. Mandy, just want to thank you for stopping by the booth today and uh, telling us a little bit about your diocese and your work and uh, wish you all the, well, all the best and uh, our loss is uh, the Diocese of San Diego's gain. So uh, it's also great for, personally for me to meet you today. Thank you, Jim. Take care. God bless. We're here at the International Catholic Stewardship Conference, uh, and I'm here with Sean Rydell. He's the Director of Development for the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. How are you, Sean? I'm doing fine, thanks. Now, how many years have you been coming to this conference, Sean? Uh, in a row here, probably about the last 11. Okay. But I've been going since 2003. And what brings you back every year? Uh, the relationships, these are also the vendors that I work with the most, so these are the people I need to get in front of and talk to and, and uh, to help my parishes accomplish what they need to accomplish. Fantastic. Any, any great workshops so far you've heard uh, this week? Uh, some entertaining stuff and yeah. some, some, some different things. So yeah, there's always a kernel of something that you can take back home. Sure. Tell me a little bit about uh, life in the Diocese of Springfield. Uh, it's quite busy right now. Uh, our bishop intends to make us a stewardship diocese. Uh, we are in a study right now for a seminary endowment campaign. Um, we wrapped up a campaign in a small region of our diocese to put in a senior living center, so there's a lot of things going on. And uh, I don't have a lack of things to do. So <laughs> None of us do, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. What, what do you hope to get out of the conference before you leave? Uh, just reconnect with some people, talk with a few of the, the vendors and trying to get some more information for people back in the office. Yeah. And uh, also just to have information to have for my parishes. Like I say, I, I, I can't be all things to all people. I'm sure. a one-man office. 
and uh, don't even have a secretary at this point in time. So oh. uh, I, I do what I can with what I've got, and uh, part of it is leaning on other people to help me do other things here. That's great. So it's an ambitious goal for your bishop to uh, to become a stewardship diocese. Are you guys still putting those plans together and figuring that out? Uh, yes, uh, we are actually starting to roll out a. Um, kind of a pilot program with a couple of our parishes. Mm -hmm. uh, it was initially going to be a bigger effort and trying to do a, a more encompassing thing and it was getting very cumbersome. So right. uh, I'm grateful that they actually scaled it back. So Okay. <laughs> makes sense. It does. It does. And, and, and it, it only makes sense. It only makes sense. You want to get some people on board that are actually enthused about it, that want to do it. And then uh, hopefully you can grow from there. I mean, it's evangelization on a kind of a parish level. Yeah. So, you know, hey, this parish is doing really well. I'd like to find out why. Right. Exactly. Well, Sean, thanks uh, for stopping by the booth. I appreciate it. Great to meet you. Sure. And uh, have, a great, great, have a great rest of the conference. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, we're here at the International Catholic Stewardship Conference, and I'm here with Andy Gardner, who's the Director of Development for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Andy, welcome to the program. Thank you. So glad to have you here. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's happening in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Well, at the Archdiocese right now, we are undertaking a capital campaign. Uh, our campaign for $150 million will be raising... 60% uh, of the funds to stay at the parishes, 40% to go to other ministries, many of them focused on how to better serve the poor. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And, uh, and so that will, how many parishes do you have in your diocese? We have 193 parishes. We have 103 Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And, and you have one of the largest Catholic school systems in the country, right? Yeah, we're uh, ranked number 12. And considering that we're number, we're the 25th largest diocese, or archdiocese in the country, uh, you know, we still have quite a few Catholic schools. And how's the economy in, in Milwaukee and surrounding areas? Uh, the economy's fairly good. Mm -hmm. um, right now, our biggest thing is Foxcom is moving in. Uh, we have Fiserv. I mean, we still have poor sections to the city of Milwaukee, but as a whole, it's, it's doing fairly well. Tell me a little bit about your office structure and, and how you serve uh, the parishes. Uh, are, are you a stewardship diocese? We're a stewardship diocese. We have a full-time stewardship director. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we're really focused on right now, not only as a development office, but also as an archdiocese, is everything that we do has to serve the parishes and the Catholic schools. It's really our primary focus. So in the development office, where we are making changes, is one with our planned giving program. Um, we just hired someone who actually used to be very active in uh, ICSC, Bob Funstein. Oh, I know coming. Bob, sure. Bob will be coming to work for us in about six weeks. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And he'll be our planned giving director. But what we're doing with planned giving is really will seminars and t asking people to consider what their legacy is. Have they included God somewhere in their estate plans. But that could be through their Catholic school, Catholic charities, the archdiocese, anything Catholic. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not so concerned about just the archdiocese getting funds. We just want people to think about what their legacy is. And if God is truly important in their life, in their last statement here on earth, their will, how are they including God in that last statement? 
Very powerful. And it also stems to the, the message of stewardship, right? That everything exactly. we have is a gift and, and, that, and, and leaving a legacy and continuing that church that we were all gifted when we came into this world for the next generation. And then our, our second big project is we are hiring a full-time offertory specialist Great. so that we can work directly with each of our parishes and help them increase their offertory. Because one of the things we've seen is that offertory has been stagnant, but if a parish is struggling financially, they're hesitant to hire a firm to help them out. And I wish they would. Right. But we have to deal with the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. So we thought by establishing an offertory specialist, we could give those parishes the help that they need. They still have some costs, but their costs are greatly reduced. But they have to pay for the printing and the postage, but everything else we'll do in-house. Wonderful, wonderful. So will that will the increased offertory programs, I imagine they'll have kind of a stewardship bent to them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And even with our capital campaign, um, what we're doing is we're having a six-week reinforcement of stewardship without even talking about money at all mm-hmm. at the beginning of each parish campaign. Nice. So one of the things that we're getting back to, and it's even interesting here, we don't really see the training of lay witnesses that we used to see when you and I first started coming to this conference. Right. I mean, that was a huge emphasis. Yeah. We're getting back to that. That's great. And so we will be training people, you know, for every Mass for four weeks, plus having the pastor do his own lay witness, plus having the archbishop do a stewardship video introducing stewardship or reinforcing stewardship. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to make sure that we were bringing that back to the parishes and grounding the campaign in spirituality. And I think that's just the right way to go. Oh, grounding it in our mission. Money follows mission, right? Exactly. So our mission is the spirituality. Absolutely. So uh, you're in the process of getting ready or getting ready to launch the campaign. Tell me a little bit about that process of discernment as you're with the bishop and probably some others in the diocese thinking about, we, need, we know we need a campaign. You know, where did you start when you started th- figuring out what that case for support was going to look like? Well, I've only been there a year. Okay. So I basically came in and they said, we need money. <laughs> and I was like... And you're the money guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I knew the Archbishop. I had worked with him before the Diocese of La Crosse. So yeah. we have a rapport. We have an understanding. Sure. And uh, we both have the attitude, putting things off yeah. doesn't necessarily solve problems. Exactly. You have to address them head on. So... Mm-hmm. You know, we had an idea of what some of the needs were. We talked to other Curia members. Uh, We talked to some of the priests. We talked to our Catholic schools and started to get a sense of what we really needed. But we knew from the very beginning the inner city had to be part of the focus of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, the case came together fairly quickly, but we actually have... 10 different items that we're funding in the campaign itself. So it's a fairly broad campaign. Um, and it will include things like the, reti- the health care needs of our retired priests. It will include some renovations at our diocesan center because we simply couldn't have... The maintenance on it was neglected during the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a large number of items Sure. Compared to other campaigns that I've done. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the care for our retired priests, I've found, is such an important, not obviously important, it's such a um, 
it's a cause that most people can get behind because these men have given their lives in service for the church and they want to do something to give back to them, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, my first campaign, I, I've been in this business about long as you have, and my first campaign back in 1988 for a diocese mm -hmm. was for priest retirement. Yeah. Up in the diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And we had a goal of six million, raised nine million. I mean, it's always been the kind of case that has generated a lot of support. Yeah. When I was in Allentown, we did a um, we did a survey for our bishop's annual appeal just to find out, you know, what were the things that were um, most important to our donors. We had like eleven things that we supported. We did a little online survey, and the care for our retired priests, I believe, is like in the top three. So, very important. Uh, how's uh, how are vocations uh, in the archdiocese? Uh, we're doing very well. Mm -hmm. uh, we went right now. We're uh, we have over 50 men in the seminary. Wow. Uh, several years ago, it was back around 13, 14. Mm -hmm. So we've seen a lot of growth in that area. And that's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, one of the things I don't think a lot of people understand is the number of people who come to us now looking for a vocation. And we have almost 100 inquiries a year. Mm -hmm. But... Our diocese, like many dioceses, only accepts about 10% of them into the seminary. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to the quality and really trying to find the right match. Mm -hmm. And I don't think most people really understand how careful our diocese are in trying to make sure that we're finding the right young men or, that they're or ready. men. Yeah. That they're ready and that... Of those ten, maybe six become ordained priests because mm -hmm. of the, the vocations process, the discernment process, they don't all stay. So when you consider a hundred come to us considering it and six get ordained, mm -hmm. um, that speaks to the quality that we're looking for. It does, it does. And uh, and it's such a need, obviously, in every diocese. But you're right, if, if a young man's not ready to take that step, it's only going to hurt him and hurt the church down the road and maybe even the people that he's sent to serve. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the process of discerning my own vocation right now as an aspirant for the diaconate. And, oh, wonderful. Uh, and so uh, I was in class this past week, and one of the deacons who was talking said, you know, you guys are discerning. But we're also on the diocesan side discerning your vocation as you go through this process. And, and thank God that they do, right? Because they'll see things that we may not see or things that we need to work on, right? Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're in this position a year. Um, did you move to Milwaukee for this? I, I moved to Milwaukee from the Diocese of Davenport. Mm -hmm. uh, previously, I was at the Diocese of La Crosse. Prior to that, I was at, with the Diocese of Nashville. Wow. Prior to that, I was working at a large Catholic school in Iowa, and before that, I worked for Ringling Brothers Circus. <laughs> Ringling Brothers Circus? Really? Yes. That's cool. It's, it is the best training ground for fundraising. <laughs> I never would have thought of that, Andy. <laughs> well, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're juggling many things at one time. Right. You face some very fierce donors or, yeah. or, or other people. Um, and there's and one or two clowns that I was going to deal with everyone. I was smart, waiting so. for that line. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me one thing that you've discovered about Milwaukee in the last year that you didn't know. Some little treasure. There must be something. The funny thing is, 
I grew up in Milwaukee, but I haven't lived there for 31 years. Oh, I didn't. Okay, so, so you're coming home. Yeah, it is, but I I don't remember the neighborhoods anymore. Sure. Oh, I mean, years. I'm yeah. I'm I'm really having to rediscover it, and it's changed a lot. But I mean, um, I I think. The, thing I enjoy the most is just going down to the lake, Lake yeah. Michigan. Okay. Uh, we live not too far away from there, yeah. and it's within walking distance. It's just incredibly relaxing to go up there. That's wonderful. Well, Andy, thanks for stopping by the booth. I appreciate you being on the program Great. today. Great to see you again, Jim. God Thank bless. you. God bless. Well, we're here with Monsignor Carlos Quintana Puente from the Archdiocese of San Juan in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Monsignor, sure. welcome. Thank you. So nice to be back. So, uh, how many times have you been to this conference? Well, I started in the year 2000. Okay. I was working down in Colombia really? with an organization called SELAM, the mm-hmm. Bishops Council for Latin America. Mm-hmm. And I was invited to come over with the Archbishop of uh, Bogota, Colombia, mm-hmm. who was part of SELAM. And since then, uh, he's been... Uh, like a family and we have received so much from this I stopped coming uh, like five years ago because I did some mission work in Ecuador okay. and in Bogota I went back to Colombia I, I couldn't make it here for the, for the annual conference so I'm, I'm back new and improved version <laughs> <laughs> I did, how, how are you doing uh, so far with the conference are you enjoying the workshops uh, yeah although I, I didn't get, I, I, had to, I have to give a talk uh, on, on, in the morning I did, I did give a talk on the Spanish uh, truck oh did you on okay. the Speciality of stewardship. Oh, nice! And uh, it went well. We started late because the the lunch, I mean, the breakfast. Uh, mm-hmm. Pero there's so much to say. Yeah. In such a little, such a little time. Mm-hmm. It's been many years of experience. I have organized a stewardship conference for Latin America. Right. While I was at Salem, they had the power to uh, convoke. 22 countries. Really? So imagine the, the, the opportunity to, to talk to 22 bishop conference and uh, Salem could organize uh, this uh, regional, regional by, by countries, like for, for all Central America. Interesting. And uh, you could get to all the bishops, all the... And uh, for 12 years, uh, we did one every, every year mm-hmm. and uh, all over the map. And uh, we got not as many people. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to get Latin America be able to leave what, what we have here, mm-hmm. to experience what we have here, that this works, mm-hmm. and Latin America needs something like this. Mm-hmm. They're very generous people, but they need the organization, they need the, 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 the tools mm-hmm. that you have here, and uh, over there, is everybody's on their own. Wow. So they need the structures that we use here, the, sure. the Economic Concerns Committee, the, 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 all the, just doing right the basic things that we need to do. Sure, sure. But when you don't even do that, then nothing works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's so many people here who can provide that structure, right? <laughs> yeah, but then uh, language is a problem, it's a oh, barrier, because uh, I see. unfortunately in Latin America, they don't, they don't, they don't speak English, uh, and not even the, the leadership. Mm. So, so they, it needs to be done in Spanish for them to, but there's there so many tools and so, so many things that they could, they could use. Yeah. Absolutely. Development. You yes. start at 100, try to improve it a little bit, yeah. and then the one that comes behind, mm-hmm. improve it even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're at zero, mm-hmm. and you end up in zero, and you start in zero, <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, <laughs> there's no development. Right, right, yeah. I like to listen, to think of ourselves as a midgets in the shoulders of a giant. Mm. As a midget, I just put on the shoulder of a giant, I see what he done, try to improve it a little bit, and give it to the guy who's coming back, making it be even better. 
powerful image. See, yeah. and, uh, and that's what we can. And I see here the changes and the, the prosperity. And so trying to, to share the, the best practices, trying to share the, the good news. I was a board member for many years in the ICSE. I, even yeah. I was treasurer of the board uh, oh, okay. like 15 years ago. Wonderful. And uh, so I'm very grateful. I'm going to receive an award. Oh, congratulations. See, yes, what, what for? The, I feel like a lifetime, uh, lifetime service. Oh, very uh, nice. Been 20 years. And very good. Congratulations. They're either running out of candidates or... <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that's true, Monsignor. Uh, yeah. I doubt that's true. So when you bring uh, stewardship, the language of stewardship, to mm -hmm. your country, uh, how do you translate? How does that translate for them? In, in the, the two passages from St. Paul and St. Peter, as good stewards of, the, of, of God's grace, the translation in Spanish is as good administrators mm. of God's grace. Right. So a good steward is a good administrator. Mm -hmm. The thing is that the bishops, they, they translated the word uh, como corresponsabilidad, as a concept. Right. Stewardship, corresponsabilidad, co-responsibility, mm -hmm. which it has. Yes. And you have to assume your responsibility. Right. You fit them. Right? <laughs> you assume your, your responsibility. Right. Este, so, um, order. If you put order and you think do things right, mm -hmm. you get things uh, done. Yeah. And that's why they lack order. order. Sure. Here, so it's orderly and, and, and you do the structures and you, and you do the tools. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but uh, good administration. Mm -hmm. Good administration and, and, and just do the basics. Taking care of things. accountability, sure. the the right. rendition de cuentas. You, you, you need to uh, give accountability of what you do mm -hmm. over there. No, Carlos, because if we tell the public what we have, they're gonna they're gonna come and steal it, steal oh, it from us. So it's a mentality. It's a, the change. mentality, the yeah. and the cultural thing. Cultural thing, and yeah. the, but basic stuff over mm -hmm. there. Please, they put the money in their own in their own bank account. Mm -hmm. Because they cannot open a bank account in the name of the of the parish, mm -hmm. so how how can you? It's so, right. Really, it's, it's it's lights year away. Yeah, yeah. But little by little, they they, because it's good for their own life as as a priest. Mm -hmm. They want to have a stable uh, a stability right. in the organization. Part of the problem problem is that since they don't have that, they use uh, sacraments for fundraising. Mm -hmm. And that's an honor. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. The church got in trouble for doing that many centuries ago, right? Bueno, pues, yeah. unfortunately, some priests, the only way they can get enough money to eat, uh, like, to eat mm -hmm. is if they, if they celebrate seven seven masses on a Sunday. Oh, I how, can, how can you celebrate seven masses on a given Sunday? Your mind would be mush when it's all done. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't. You have to celebrate every mass like it was the first one. Right. The last one and the only one. Yes. Yeah, very, very, Seven times but, in the row. Very romantic, but uh, yeah. <laughs> by the third, fourth, fifth time. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's why masses, they don't... It, mass attendance in, the, in Latin America is down to 5%. 5%. Wow. Wow. What's, what is that telling you? That people are not receiving. If, if I receive, yes. I'll come back. Absolutely. Why do people come back to all these uh, conferences? Because they receive. They receive. They're they, they engaged. Receive again. Yeah. So uh, they come back. If, when they stop receiving, they do not see that again. Yeah. So uh, there's something going on that people are not receiving when they go to Mass. Mm -hmm. Because that's right. At the end of every Mass, at the end of every Mass, I tell to the people, okay, one moment before we go. 
did you receive anything? Or shall, shall I start the mass again so you can receive something? Mm. And they said, no, no, we'll see. We'll better receive. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll better do it. <laughs> so think about it. Receiving, receiving, receiving. Yes. We need to receive. We need to ask. We need to receive. And we need to give. Mm. And the three is an art. Asking is an art. Asking God is an art. Receiving is an art. It's not automatically to receive. You need to do certain things to be able to receive. And to give is also an art. Right. It doesn't come naturally. You have to work on it. And so that's what we that's what we preach a lot. The art of asking. Mm-hmm. Although it's more important the art of receiving. Mm-hmm. And then the art of giving. They, they are united. Right. If you ask... You're supposed to receive, but you're supposed to, to give. Yeah. And you have to train yourself. And there's some, it's all over the scriptures. Eh? Mm-hmm. You just gave a talk on that this morning. That's why it's fresh. It's fresh in your mind. <laughs> I can tell. You got your talking points down. Exactly. That's great. Well, you're oh, obviously no. on fire, Monsignor. And, Gracias. Uh, and the uh, Archdiocese is lucky to have you. And and we're lucky to have you, too, so you can benefit us uh, with your experience. You. you know, so. Well, I'm supposed to give a little talk tomorrow in the plenary in the afternoon. Okay. So, well, we look forward to that. Thanks for stopping by the booth today. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. We're all trying to change the world. We will do our best, absolutely, okay, well, and advance our church. God yeah, bless. Gracias. Thank you. Okay. Well, we're here at the International Catholic Stewardship Conference, and I'm sitting here talking with J.J. Gonzalez, and he's the Associate Director for Parish Services at, for the Catholic Foundation for the Diocese of Sacramento. J.J., welcome yes. to the program. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. So, uh, how, you, how uh, are you enjoying the conference so far? Oh, I love it. It's a great city. Um, I actually had some time to move around the city a little bit on Sunday, so that was that was fun. But yeah, yeah this is great. always a great conference. It's my and, second one I've been to. So Really? Okay. How long have you been in your role? Uh, t- a little over two years now. Okay. Tell me yeah. a little bit about it. Uh, so I was brought on to do planned giving. Okay. Uh, I was going to do uh, presentations at parishes uh, explaining estate giving and um, bequests and CGAs. And um, then my role kind of changed to parish services where I'm helping with capital campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I help the smaller parishes that can't really afford a consultant. I'll come and uh, provide them with materials and direction, and mm-hmm. um, I've done a couple of those and some small fundraisers for them. You know, mm-hmm. one hundred fifty thousand dollars that they're trying okay. to raise, and that's great. We do in mass appeals, and mm-hmm. and it's been pretty successful. Is this some, a service that the Catholic Foundation has always provided, or is it relatively new? This is new. Okay. Um, it started last year. I was working with a consulting. Um, a consultant out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He does it by himself. He's re- retired. He has his own foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was generous enough to provide me with all the materials and taught me how to do a capital campaign at a mm-hmm. parish, and it was successful. So now my boss, the CFO, uh, wants me to go out and do it again, yeah. but this time by myself. Yeah. You know? um, so I've done a couple of them. Like I said, smaller fundraisers. Um, mm-hmm. We have a possible capital camp- campaign coming up for a parish. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to do a feasibility study for them, and they they have a lot of needs. They have mm-hmm. a school as well, so. Yeah. Um, so what what are what are some of the bigger campaigns you've been working on? Other than the parish campaigns, mm-hmm. you know, I I've helped with some diocesan okay um, campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the tail end of our one campaign, which was. Uh, big diocesan, mm-hmm. uh, $50 million 
campaign. I'd say that's um, pretty big, yeah. So we're at the tail end, four, almost five years into it. Uh, we have another campaign coming up for our Newman Centers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mainly major donor based. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we most likely won't go through the parishes yeah. with this campaign, um, which more, the parishes are happy about. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. More of a major gift effort than yes, a full exactly. out campaign, yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's great. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, the diocese. Uh, how's uh, the economy? It's struggling a little. I mean, we've, as you, I'm sure you're aware, have high taxes in sure. California. Oh, yeah. So, Very expensive um, to live in your area. Yes. <laughs> and our diocese as a uh, mission diocese is fairly large geographically. Mm. Um, you know, we go from just south of Sacramento to the Oregon border. Mm. Uh, so our, one of our furthest parishes away is over six hours Whoa. to get there. So when we, we, we call it the North State, when we... Mm-hmm. venture up to the north state uh they're usually happy to see us mm-hmm. because they don't get to very often so mm-hmm. um i've done a couple campaigns up in the north state and they appreciate the help i'll bet yeah i imagine that's an overnighter when you go up there <laughs> most of the time i mean i i went up to a parish in corning for four months mm-hmm. uh once a week and the first time i drove back after our 7 p.m meeting and my windshield was just littered with bugs because it's all fields. Yeah. Um, I decided at that point that I was going to just start staying the night because yeah. nighttime driving with bugs, it looked like it was raining, but I couldn't wash them off with the windshield <laughs> wipers. So Wow. Yeah. So um, that's a big task then to have a diocese that, with that big of a geographic territory. Yeah. Um, are there other, other ministries like yours that are, are I would imagine it's a, it's a challenge then to get out there and, and have those parishes that are so far away feel connected to the central diocesan offices. It is tough. Um, you know, our, on our ministry side, we do have a program called North State Revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a couple guys up there, you know, working um, with the parishes that don't get uh, very much support from us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we try to support, but it's, it's hard mm-hmm. uh, from geographically being so far away. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, we do what we can. Yeah. That's great. That's great. What's, uh, what's some of the highlights of the conference so far for you? I went on a dinner boat cruise last night oh, hey. with uh, OSV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that was fun. It was a mm-hmm. uh, great view of the, the city mm-hmm. out on the lake. Um, you know, I've never been to Chicago, so okay. just being here is a great experience. Uh, as far as the sessions... I've been focusing more on donor-related sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, I just went to a session regarding uh, retention of pledges. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a highly Hispanic population and um, just giving us some ideas on how to keep them engaged and, you know, honoring their pledge that they committed. And so Mm -hmm. all good ideas. I love the ideas. I always come back. Last year I came back and my, my boss was like, you're so excited to, you yeah. know, have all these ideas that I want to do, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's fun to come back revived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice. I like the conference. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks for all that you're doing in the diocese, and uh, thank, appreciate you stopping by our booth today. Yeah, appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. I want to thank Manny Aguilar, Sean Rydell, Andy Gardner, Monsignor Carlos Quinta Puente, and J.J. Gonzalez for being on our show this week. 
Next week, we'll have another treat. Monsignor John Bracken from the Diocese of Brooklyn tells us some amazing stories about how he began the very first diocesan development program for the Diocese of Brooklyn. And he talks a lot about his spirituality and his way of living stewardship. You don't want to miss this. Well, that's our show this week. Many thanks to the Changing Our World podcast team and the Pottery Studios for their support of our show. If you'd like more information about our show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for the past 20 years. For more information, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Have a great week. Take care and God bless.